Good morning. Good morning. This is the uh, intro. It's not dark anymore. Oh, listen, listener, listener. Um, I <laughs> I asked Rachel earlier this morning. I said, Rachel, you sound as if you've got a cold. And Rachel's response was, <laughs> No, it's dark. <laughs> yeah, there we are. So if you think a friend's got a cold and they haven't, just check outside and see it... what time of day it is. Listen, we have got a cracking show. Uh, we spoke with Ali Bailey at seven o'clock this morning um, and we chatted, amongst other things, about her book, um, which is... Oh, do you know what? I've scribbled all over it now. I've scribbled Ark there of Attrition. No there is no wall. Out in February, uh, paperback, hardback, and she's recording the... Um, Audible. Audible um, on Monday before she goes on holiday. Um, there is a warning um, before the show. We do go in depth about um, alcoholism and also suicide. So um, there is a warning for the show because it, we do go a little bit um, into depth about yeah. struggles that uh, people have. It's a very, very helpful uh, podcast. Um, it's very insightful. It is fun. Starts off with this normal banter, um, but it was really good, wasn't it, Rachel? Yeah, really good. Incredible lady. Yeah, really enjoyed it. So um, we're gonna we're gonna go because where are you going now? You're going off to work. We're, I'm going off to buy that canoe so we can set up that um, <laughs> that idea at the yeah. end. If you listen to the podcast, you'll find out what I'm talking about. That is called a Hulk, ladies. We've given there you Hulk to listen to all the show. Yeah, Absolutely. but brilliant. Yeah, enjoy it, Ali Bailey. Absolute pleasure. Rachel, get up. Get up. Get, get, get up. Get up. Get up. Get, get up. Get up. Good morning. Oh, Rachel, good morning. Have you got cold? No, it's dark outside. Okay. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> I know, just, just write that down for one of our t-shirts, there, Rachel. Hang on. Have you got a cold? No, Have it's you not. Got a cold. <laughs> I've not oh, been up no. since three o'clock, like you. Was, yeah, you were up early though. There was an early, early you're, post. You're halfway through your day. Oh my god! And then I thought I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> I'll just watch a couple of Facebook reels. And there's this one with this dinosaur, and he's got he's got shit arms, and he's trying to chat up this other dinosaur. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, good morning, Ali. Hello. Ali? Oh, good morning. Brilliant. Oh, fantastic, Ali. I was going um, to do I was going to do my Welsh greeting or Welsh good morning. Go on then. Oh, go for it. Go on. Borada Hugh. Oh, Borada Ali. Sudachi. Oh, Trigolair, what's this? Don't don't talk fast. Oh, Go on okay, Duolingo sorry. here. I've got oh, to have okay. it like slow, then repeated. You see, oh, or else um, I'm not going to get it. Okay, <laughs> so you said Sidaki, and I, I, I'm going to say, "How are you?" So, um, oh, that's Sidaki. Um, I'm just going to say, um, "Dwin Olau Sidaki Olau is Olau is okay, or maybe oil." Great, and <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, "Of Nadwi Dwi Widi Bleno." Oh yes, Sigrist. I, don't even, I, I can't see Abdosmi again. I'm just, yeah, the, yes, problem with, the, the, the problem with Christ this enough. is... Yeah. Oh, is it? I love it. Yeah. yeah. The problem with this is, Duolingo, you only get to read and write. You don't get to talk. So you never actually get the language. 
Shall we invent the app? Yes, invent it. Uh, Ellie, I, I was like going to do... Wrong chat. Do, do, do you know what I was going to no, do? No, you're gonna... not. <laughs> What's I, going I, on? I was going to do a countdown to start the show, but we're in. We're in now. We're in. I don't do we're countdowns. We're, here. we're we go in. live. We're not... Yeah. We, we, we've... So if, you, if you're just listening now and you're thinking, hey, what happens before a podcast? Well, we don't know because we're in, we, we're in we, it live. We're in we, it live. Um, before we go and talk about international languages and apps that we're going to invent. Yeah. Um, Hang on. We should do that offline because someone might see our idea. So True. We'll do that offline. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, forget what we were talking about. Everybody, apart from the bit when me and Rachel running. talking about um, it being uh, running. Running. You were talking about um, a running. Oh, what could it be? Running. I I don't understand. Anyway, uh, <laughs> listener, <laughs> if you're still here, <laughs> dear listener, um, we've got Ellie Bailey on the show. He's going to give you a very quick. What we do is we ask people to do a very quick bio because if you did your full bio, we wouldn't have a show. So for people who, who don't know who you are, just do like, you know, like these kind of like American elevator pitches um, and then we can just dive in. But I'm just going to ask you so many questions about the book. Very excited. Very excited. Cool. So, yeah, um, what in our virtual world, what, what do you have as a as a morning brew? Oh, coffee. Instant yeah? dirty coffee. Like if I could get, you know, the three in ones, if I could use one of those every day, I would. Amazing. Like, I'm not a coffee snob. What's it? What's the three in one? So I've been thick. What? Everything yeah. in it. What That's what it is, Rachel. Yeah. Yes, it's just it's like it's an like ultra shot. shot. Yes. Wow. It, shot it neat. Why don't no, you we invent that it. then? It's already invented. Why don't, yeah, but we can invent it again <laughs> with our new uh, with our new like what's this called? Is it like a? <laughs> <laughs> with right, our new, uh, with our new brand, um, yeah, we could we, invent it again because basically everything that's ever been invented has been reinvented, and people have just put ultra in front of it. So, yeah. like, it, we could make it as an ultra, ultra coffee, and we just get loads of Nescafe, loads of powdered milk, loads of sugar, mix it in a big bowl, and sell it for like ninety quid a shot. Yeah, yeah. And the ultra is perfect because that's basically what karaoke is doing with songs, isn't it? Over and over and over again, it's it's reinventing it with different. Anyway, I, I, oh I, my listen, god, you, my mind's just been blown. <laughs> He's just blown my mind. Ta- Modern culture is wrong. It's, it's, just, just, it's just inventions. It's inventions. <laughs> oh, oh good lord! Yeah, if can you do a quick summarize? People are thinking, what the fuck is happening here in my ears? <laughs> okay, just, let, let's just slow it down. Let's all breathe. And can you just tell people a little bit who you are, uh, briefly? Right. My name's yeah. Ali Bailey. I'm an ultra runner. I'm an endurance coach. I'm a dog mum. I'm a speaker, a podcaster, and now I'm an author, an almost published author. And um, and I live in Yorkshire with my dog, Pickle. And that's it. What is your dog? What breeds your dog? Oh, God, she's the love of my life. She's um, a Bulgarian rescue. So she's, she was found in Bulgaria at the side of the road, and she's um, she's had a very very bad life. But she's um, she's part Bulgarian mountain dog and part whatever else was just mixed in. So she thinks oh, she's an Alsatian, but she's not. How did she get from Bulgaria? Um, she, one of my friends, this is, I'll, I'll do this quickly. One of my friends had a brain aneurysm in a yoga class and uh, she had to um, like rehabilitate herself. So I said, why don't you go off and do some volunteering? And she did her volunteering in Bulgaria. She just went off to like a dog sanctuary in Bulgaria randomly that she saw on, on Facebook. And then she sent me this picture of her sitting there with this dog. And it was a little puppy, a little dirty puppy covered in ticks. I just was oh. like, that's my dog. 
and I had no right having a dog. I was an alcoholic. I was I was in living in a one bedroom studio flat in London. I was an absolute state, but I just saw the dog and was like, oh my God, that's my dog. And that was that. And she came over in a vehicle with a load of other dogs and then she changed my life. Oh. And how old is she now? She's five. She's five. And I've got to tell you, right, she's a bit of a yeah. bit of a she calls herself an influenza. It's like I'm like Pickle's influencer, but she's she's a bit of a bit of a celebrity dog on the old internet. She wants her own Instagram account, and I'm like, absolutely not, no way. Oh. Uh, but uh, you know, she's sponsored by Nonstop Dogwear. So who? Nonstop that's... Dogwear, the dogwear harness company. <laughs> that's like oh. the biggest dog brand for dogs. She is my great. my. You know, like mm. you get, you know, everybody wants to be sponsored, and like, or every single runner ever wants to be sponsored, and so on. My dog mm. wouldn't be allowed to get sponsored by because, uh, as much as I love my dog, she's a fucking idiot. So, she's, what's your dog? Uh, I've got a sheepdog spaniel mix. Her name's Izzy. Wow. Um, yeah. That she's... is just a recipe for disaster. I love uh, it. Yeah, she's brilliant. She, she could be she... sponsored by Warburton's. She's trying to. She's trying to open the door. Hang on, she has opened the door. Oh no, she hasn't. Because she wants to be on. She wants to get on. She realizes we're talking about her. War buttons. Is she a bit of a bread eating dog? Then she loves loves toast. Yeah, like I have four pieces. Not that I'm like you know. I sound like somebody's mad aunt, but I I have uh, four pieces of toast and honey every morning. And Izzy has two of them, and we just sit on the sofa. Me and my pants. Her there, and it's just great. That's how we roll. But anyway, she not she not wear her pants. That's it. She, she's just, she's just, she's all hair. Yeah. <laughs> she's all hair. So, uh, Ellie, look, can we talk about the book? And um, this really pricked up my ears because this, I'm, I've got to, th- there's certain things in the world that I, that I don't understand. I don't understand people who wear dry robes when they're not near water. And I don't understand. Like, <laughs> that's, and, and one I, of our, that's one of our pet peeves. Yeah. And I don't oh, understand, mate. right, Ellie, why, why? the last six years people have decided it's okay to have their photo facing the uh, the way that the photograph is so say if they're stood on a mountain they get a friend or a passerby to take a picture of them looking the other way rather than at the camera oh yeah you win me maybe it's because it's their best side yeah i don't get it yeah anyway and then i saw the cover of your book it's coming out in february next year Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've been up since like like is somebody waiting for Harrods to open? I've been up this morning since quarter past one, listening to podcasts with you in it and and stuff to make sure I've I've got enough information and so on. Um, the cover, you poor man. Brilliant. Are you okay? <laughs> He's no, not. <laughs> I, I've got a body clock of an airport, and I just do things to occupy my mind in the morning. Anyway, I did have a little break looking at dinosaurs' arms because comedy value. That's good millions of years so let's talk about the book the cover itself the name of it first there is no wall what is that referring to um Ali? so without going into without spoiling the book there was yeah. like years ago 2017 i was at the national running show it's first it was the first year they'd done the national running show and uh i was really hungover and i was waiting to go on to this panel this mental health panel which was ironic because i felt like killing myself and oh. um and there was this ch- chat going on and this little girl put her hand up and she said, oh, excuse me, I've got my first half marathon next next uh, fall or whenever. And um, what do I do when I hit the wall? And I just looked at her and thought, what? Like, why? This is so 
upsetting that she's got this amazing experience to have and she's going to train hard for it and all she can think about is this imaginary wall that, that she's been told about by magazines and people that want her to buy things she doesn't need and she's been basically terrified by mm. media and, and folk devils into thinking she's not gonna she's gonna fail and I just yep. said to her there is no wall there is no wall like I don't know where it came from it just came out of my mouth and I realized as I said it that that I was sitting there saying there was no wall, but I was sitting there with this massive fucking wall around me where I was like, I can't give up the booze. I feel so depressed. I just want to die. Whereas everybody Mm. on the outside was looking at me like, oh, wow, look, there's Ali Bailey, the inspiring ultra runner. I was just like, I just feel like, for want of a better word, a bag of shit. Um, shit. And yeah, and I just remember saying it to this girl, she was like, and saying, you know, it's all in your head. You you all need to enjoy the day and be in the moment, be in the process, and you'll have the best day ever. And eat properly, fuel properly, hydrate properly for the whole thing. You'll be absolutely fine, etc. But that stuck with me. That idea that I was able to tell people that there was no wall, but I wasn't able to put it into place myself. Um, And it wasn't until years later that I was like able to 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 really understand that there isn't one. Um, Even though a lot of people be like, I've I've hit it in a race, you know, it's happened to me, and it's like. No, it doesn't happen to you. It's motivated bias. You wanted it to happen, so it did. Mm. And I think the way the word pain cave, uh, it's like, yeah, I had to go into the pain cave and all that rubbish. It's like, well, you just go into the memory circus and put stuff in there, and it's an opportunity to open all the fun thoughts into yeah. your brain and all that. Right, I, also then, think the people, I also think people grab onto stuff here. I think they grab onto oh, yeah. things that other people have said. And obviously, I think the pain cave thing is a real Courtney thing. And Courtney DeWalter is one of the greatest athletes that the world will ever see. It's like, it, yeah, and it's like you don't have – her pain cave is completely different to what people think it is, most probably. Like, But people yeah. grab onto it like, oh, yeah, so you have to go through this. You have to go through that. It's brutal. It's like, do you know what? It's not that hard. And I think no, people choosify it and they make it sound harder than it actually is. And that puts other people off. And one of my big things is to get people into the sport, especially women, by saying to them, this, all this stuff that's pedal is pedaled because they want you to buy something you don't need. So don't yeah, exactly. it. crack on yourself. And it's the sensationalising of it. And I think, you know, away from sport, you know, you've got, you know, people all over the world with health, disease, poverty. And they're like thinking, you're on about a pain cave. What are you on about? Come on, mm-hmm. you know, as you say, mm-hmm. it's been sold. So on the cover, I'm just going to ask a personal question now. Are you smoking a cigarette? Yeah, because I smoked cigarettes for like, God, I started when I was 14. I'm 42 now. I gave up three months ago. Oh, that's well a time. That's a bit of maths for you. Um, smuggy. That's it in Welsh, isn't it? Smuggy. Oh, a smoker. Yeah, I, I was a smoker from the age of about 11. I gave up by mistake when I was 40. I yeah, a mistake. I had a really bad cold, and the cold went on for about three three weeks. And during those three weeks, because I have got the brain of a, a, a of a don't know a cola bottle top, um, I forgot I was a smoker. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And Are you sure you had a cold and not a stroke? It sounds a yeah. bit like a stroke. <laughs> I was in a coma for three weeks, and I woke up. And I was different. I was a bad. And I had a, I had a brain transplant, and I could speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So right. smoking so, and running, and now uh, I do know. I wouldn't recommend know, back, it. Yeah, no, but, the, <laughs> you know, the people that went up Everest and these mountaineers, a lot of them do have a fag to help with their lung um, Oh, mate, if I, if I could sit here and tell you about the people I know that smoke in the industry yeah. who present oh, themselves as, as pinnacles of health, and whenever yeah. you lit a, a little fag up, they'd be like, can I have one? I'm like, pardon? Because... I, I smoked, I only gave up three months ago because I was an, I'm an alcoholic. So I gave up drink two and a half years ago. 
I was like, I've done this. I'm not going to give up the smoking now because I don't. I can't overload the the yeah you know, the, the 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 addiction station. And um, then I just thought, you know what? I don't. I went and did Dragon's Back, and I messed it up on day two. And part of that reason was because I wasn't strong enough. Second reason was I'd already run a thousand miles the length of the UK six weeks before. And the third reason was I was smoking. I couldn't get up the hills. My lungs just couldn't couldn't deal with it. So I was like, at some point, it's going to stop. I, and I did stop, but. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I smoked for all that time. I don't have shame over anything. Like, no. try and shame me. You won't be able to. I used to. I don't anymore. And I, and I and part of the thing of there is no wall, part of me having that cigarette on the cover, it wasn't like I said to Miller, David Miller, the photographer, hey, take a photo of me smoking in this deck chair. It was an outtake. He was literally wait there while we set this up. So I did. And I was having a cigarette. That became the cover because he suggested it. And I was like, since I got better, since I got sober, I've been like, mm. I will live by my values. I define, I define my values. And I'm like, my life will be simpler if I just live by my values. My decision-making process will be easier. My running will be better. The people I surround myself with, the people I work with, it'll be better. My values are honesty, integrity, and kindness. And I was like, in, in hiding that photo, being like, I can't because I'm smoking. I'm not living up to my values. People should mm. see a person who is fucking stripped bare and like, this is the person that I am. At that point, that was the person that I was. I could still run. I could still do incredible stuff. It's yeah, I wouldn't recommend smoking. I'm not saying go and start smoking. But what I'm saying is, in order to hide, people hide shame behind so many layers. And if you can just go, look, this is who I am and accept it, it's much easier to, to make steps to, to get better. And yeah, mm. I don't want to smoke cigarettes and run. It's just stupid. I loved smoking cigarettes, but it's fucking bad for you. I don't want to get super sick and I want to live the best life I can. So I stopped. Hopefully, I won't slip up. But but the other thing is, you know, I don't, don't want people. Uh, there's this whole "don't judge a book by its cover" thing, and it works in two ways for that book. And when I put that photo out, I was shitting myself. I was like, "What's going to happen here? Are Innovate going to drop me as sponsors? Are people going to say to me that I'm um, being disrespectful to the sport? Are people going to say that I'm setting a bad example?" But not no. one person so. yeah. has said anything negative. They've all said, no. "Fuck, that's a really brave move." And yeah. for Miller, you know, he was like, "I feel like this is one of my most important photos because he does take great photos." And he's like, "And it's like my photos are real. There are people, real people doing real things." And that's a real photo. So I wanted to put it there because I want people to pick up this book who maybe are still drinking or are still smoking or maybe are carrying a bit of extra weight or maybe don't feel like they're good enough because you're already good enough as you are to start doing this stuff. Everybody and is. And I want people to your, know that. Your journey to sobriety. Sobriety. I can't I can't. Talk. Sobriety. Sobriety. But I like sobriety. Sobriety is better. Let's have that. <laughs> yeah. It's this huge mouth. Huge mouth words. Um, what? How long did it take from the decision to stop to going to your first meeting? Didn't go to any meetings. Oh, didn't you? No. Ah, so well, actually, that, I have that, been that... to two. I've been to I've been to two meetings. It's not for me. There's a myth that says that you have to go to AA or you have to go to a meeting. You don't. That's another thing. That's another wall. People are like I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to do it. And so I'm not going to give up. There is there is there isn't one way to like there isn't one way to, to get sober. I hit a rock bottom. I fell flat on my face in the bottom and scraped the bottom of the barrel. Um you might want to put a, a warning at the front of this podcast because there's gonna be trap suicidal ideation, just like I just did then. But I was like, I want to die. I've had enough. I was so mm. depressed, I was stuck, I was like bouncing between the wall and the other wall. I was like, I can't get out of this. I was, it wasn't just the alcoholism, it was depression. It was like loads of shit was going on in my life. It's all in the book. 
I couldn't deal with it anymore. It had been years and years in the making, like since I was like 14, 15. I worked in the music industry for 12 years. It was it was an abusive, difficult, very, very high pressure and industry Why that, that encouraged drinking. So do you think in in the network well, you know in the was it because of the boot it was just like that revolving door that you, you just couldn't you, get out if of it's, you consumed. if it's your no if it's your dream you want to work in music it's your dream and you're in it and then you're told you're lucky to be there mm. and you're like i am lucky to be here it's my fault i can't hack it so you keep trying and it's been it's, it's like being in an abusive relationship oh, you know it's, it's my problem you're told all the time that you know hey, there's a million people that want your job you need to fucking buckle up and you're and so you're like I didn't have the wherewithal to go, this is bad for me. I was 27. I was in London. I was living the dream. So I was like, oh, this is, you know, I've just got to just be a bit harder. I've just got to, you know, and the way that I did that was to drink more because I was in a very, very vulnerable situation where I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I just did not know how to deal with this depression stuff. And, and it's, it's an illness. And it's, once you get, once you, when you are depressed, once you get stuck in that addictive cycle where the drink takes away the feelings, that's why people do it because you have no feelings, so you can crack on, um, it, it, you're stuck in it. And then you do, and then you get sober, you wake up, you get sober for like a morning and the feelings come, so does the anxiety and the shame. So then you've got double bubble. So then you drink more to stop those feelings. And I do actually say in the book that when I was running, when I was drinking, when I was doing 100 milers and all that sort of stuff, I actually found it easier when I was drinking than I do now because I didn't feel any pain because I felt no emotion. So I could just crack on through these hundred milers. I hated myself so much that I was able to just like uh, numb the pain. I drink on ultras and I call it would like you, sports wine. I was going to ask. Everyone know, would whenever, think it was funny. You know, yeah. whenever you were drinking, you know, would you would you go on the piss like the day before a race? And you know, and as you said during the race, you know, was was that you know your vodkas, your ciders, or your lagers, or what? What were your what was your your intake like? You know, for you know, for as, as like a helicopter view sort of thing. Um, so I think a lot of people do think another thing, you know, you, people think, oh, well, if you're an alcoholic, then you're, you're laying in the gutter shitting yourself. It's like, no, you're not. No. Uh... When you're an ultra runner, you are, but not when you're, not when you're an alcoholic. <laughs> it's a very middle classness to alcoholism. Um, and uh, I was drinking, my, my tipple of choice was lager to begin with, then I realized it made you fat. So then I moved on to wine. So I was red wine or rose, which is mm. very socially acceptable, especially for women. Like, rose, darling. So I, um, yeah, so I, I, the first hundred I did, the night before I drank two bottles of red wine, tried to have sex with someone I hardly knew, got up in the morning, went to the start line and started running. And then in the the middle of the race, I had half a bottle of rosé because I was like, well, this is sports wine. It's alcohol. Where where did you you have that? Where did you have, who's got (laughs) Just put in your drop bag. Just in your drop bag. In your drop bag. Yeah, Yeah. pour it into a little wine bottle. It's, It's pink. It looks like squash. Wow. Jesus. it's not a problem and then my crew would get me wine if I wanted wine because or like a beer because Camille Heron drinks beer and she's a world record holder but what Camille Heron doesn't tell you is that she drinks a tiny sip of beer swirls it around her mouth spits it out like it's just about the taste it's just about like the the alcohol is a painkiller um, so really beer is an endurance drink because it's it's got the same makeup as any isotonic drink look at Erdinger yeah. Erdinger alcohol free and the alcohol is a painkiller so beer does work quite well but not when you have 96 cans of it and no. not when and wine doesn't work quite so well, but it does take the edge off of the pain, the physical and mental pain and the nausea that you've got from the hangover. So well, it, it, and then I get to the I, I get to the end of the race. What do we do? Go for a drink. Oh, like what do we do to celebrate? We go for a drink. What do we do to commiserate? We go for a drink. 
Right. And I would get to the end of races and the races were quite social. So so actually running became an enabler for me because I'd go to trail races. And at the end, we'd all go for, for a drink and everybody there would think, oh, I'll go for a drink with Ali. But Ali was going for a drink with everyone and no one yeah. knew that. So I was just working my way through people. They were thinking I was social. But really, I was just like, I fucking need to drink. And, and running did become an enabler because the other way it enabled me was it was like, well, I'm fit. So it's OK for me to do this. I can, it's a balance, isn't it? But it's like, no, Ali, it isn't a balance. Because you're using both these things now to numb pain, like the really long distance running and the alcohol, and neither of them is doing you is doing you any any good. Which is why the overarching message of that book is like I was a I am a depressive alcoholic, but running hasn't saved me. I'm much better than I was. I'm very very well at the moment, but running didn't save me. Like in some ways it was an enabler. In other ways, yeah, I've learned a lot through running and I've used all of these therapy techniques and I've used all of these incredible tools that I've managed to work out how to use myself. And I've, I've tested them in running. And and there's a lot of illustration of that in the book of like how, how, that, how that works. But and running's incredible. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But what I am saying is I think there's a lot of people trying to hack their lives at the moment because of the internet. And it's not, you can't just start running and hope it will save you because it fucking No, it might. doesn't. Well, the thing is, as you say, you've got like alcoholics, drug addicts that have hopped into running, but then you, you're still going to have your downs after the, the high of it. But what was your, you know... Sorry, what, what, hi. Was your, what was your turning point, Ali, that made Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. That made you... Uh, what, there was... was there a rock bottom or was there a... Like, yeah, there was... Just like, I really can't the... continue to do this. There was a rock bottom. There was a rock bottom in my case, which I don't recommend to anybody. And it's not glamorous. And it's not cool. And it's and it's the worst thing that will possibly happen to you. And it, it, it. I tried to kill myself a few times, but this was a time where I was like, "It's done. We're done here. I'm done here. I can't. I can't be here anymore." And I went to someone. I went to a friend, and I said, "I'm going. I'm going. I, I'm. I, I'd said I'm going to do this, and it, I don't even remember doing it, saying that to them. And they made me go to see my then boss, and they. I was driven home, back to my mummy's house at the age of forty. And 10 weeks I spent in basically adult care with my mum and my friend Julius looking after me, doing nothing. Everything was stripped away from me, no phone, no nothing. It was like, you're just a, I was just a toddler in rehab. I'd got to the point where I couldn't feel anything anymore and I just wanted to be dead. And uh, I, I can't afford to go to rehab, you know? And the NHS is absolutely slammed. So I, I had to be looked after by, by normal people who didn't really know what they were doing. And I had to get better myself. There was no other way. But I walked it. The thing that turned me is I walked into my friend Julius's house after I got dropped off and my dog was sitting on the sofa because I was living in a flat where I couldn't have my dog. So he was looking after her. And I looked at her and I felt nothing. I felt no love. I felt no joy. I felt nothing. I felt it's, it's a state of anhedonia, which is like absolute nothingness, where nothing will, will, will make you feel anything. Your kids won't. Your dog won't. Nothing will. And that's the state people get into shortly before they decide that they want to they want to die. And I knew that I was so ill because she was wagging her tail like mummy's home. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about you. And yes. I, and that, that was the point. I was like, you've got to fucking stop this. And I remember going to bed and I remember actually I, went, I drank two bottles of rosé. I cried because I was like, my life's over now. I fucked it. I've been everybody knows that I'm ill. I spent three days in sleep in bed and I remember when I woke up, I just kept thinking, you can't ever feel like this again. You can never feel like this again. You can never feel like this again. And I'll never forget that. That was the turning point. And I was like, You've, I tried everything to that point to get better, to stop the depression, to stop the anxiety, to make myself not feel like a piece of shit. But the one thing I hadn't tried was stopping drinking. 
because I knew I was an alcoholic. I, I was too scared mm. to do it. But I just went, we're done here. We are fucking done here. And that was the last time I had a drink. And it wasn't easy. It was horrendous. I was an addict. But I did it. And that, and I've, n- I've not touched it since. And it's like a switch. It's like, it was like, if I touch that, if I go near it, I will die. And how it's long as simple as that? When, like, two, two, two and a half years. Wow, well done. And what, yeah, it's, that is a lot of our listeners already will think, well, you know, I I've can do that, months. you know, and if there is, but I was going to say, Ellie, what are your, as well as running, what else do you have in place that keeps you on, not straight and narrow, that's the wrong, that's the wrong word, we talk about trails, but what keeps you <laughs> level and keeps you from, right, I've got this in place, these are my sort of like future focusing little hooks that I that I've got dotted around in my mind to make sure that I don't slip up or if I am feeling a bit like this this is what I do to stop me if you've got anything like that so I went to a couple of meetings because people were like you need to have the community and I didn't like it because they slip god into it and I'm like nope and I'm straight out the door just a massive atheist I don't believe any of that so my 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 higher my higher uh, reason, if you want that, if that's what AA call it, is my dog. I love her. I owe her a debt of gratitude, and she uh, and she is my absolute stable staple in my life. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But I absolutely I adore that great. dog. I think it's a great thing because they're there for all of your really bad days, but also all your really good days. But also she, she can... loves me. She loves me unconditionally. You know, like she doesn't judge me absolutely. and she'll listen to me. And you, and you um, have to get oh, up on your bad days, don't you? Because you have to take them for a walk. You have to look after them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the thing, about, the thing about dogs is they do what humans don't. So when you are ill and when you are depressed and when you feel like you, you've got this shit going on in your head that is so bizarre to everybody else that doesn't suffer from depression or alcoholism, you, you feel like you can't talk to anyone because people want to fix you. So you start to talk to them and they're like, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? We don't mm. want to be fixed. We know we're fucked. We want to be heard. And I do yeah. talk about this in the book. And the dog will hear you. If she doesn't want yeah. to fix you, she'll go tell you what to do. She'll hear yeah. you. And once you say these things out loud, the weight is taken out of them. The burden is taken out of them. But it's in people wanting to fix you that make you like, I've tried that. I've fucking tried that. Do you think I'm fucking stupid? It gets quite aggressive. Yeah. And and you just want to be heard and you want to be held and you want to be, you want people to tell you that they love you and you want people to say, it's, it's okay. You're okay. This is not a bad thing. We're going to be okay together. And so, you know, the dog really helps. But then when I can't explain to you that feeling that I had those days after I got back from Yorkshire, I can't explain to you that this can never happen again. That is rock bottom. I think people think it's glamorous. I think people think it's like a, oh, my God, like you had this like moment, a splash of inspiration. No, you didn't. You want I wanted to die. I've never felt so frightened of anything in my life. And it was me that I was frightened of. And I, could, I can't feel like that again. And the thought of someone else feeling like that and the feeling as lost as I did for that many years, is it's unbearable. So so, so the thought of... So when I, you know, I started writing this book when I was still drinking because I was like, I want to write my story. I've been on a lot of adventures. We've not really talked about the running, but I've been on a lot of running adventures and had a lot of, done a lot of cool stuff. So I started it as a, anyone, you know, this is supposed to be an inspiring memoir. Uh. <laughs> like, a, like about going, going like, everyone can have a go at this. Like, this is an incredible experience. It's not just for, like, elites and stuff. Uh, it ended as as there is no wall. It ended as, look, look, 
if you recognize anything about yourself in this book, here's some of the things I did and here's some of the things you can do as someone that care that might care for someone that you think has a problematic relationship with alcohol or is depressed that will help them. That isn't the normal shit that you see on the internet and isn't the normal blurb that the NHS will give you. Um, the books I read, the, the tools I started to use, the, the way that people spoke to me that I found helpful. Um, and so the sobriety thing is, if I have one job, I'm just one human being, but if I have one job, it is to help people to understand that they'll be okay. Because for years, there's hope. Because for years, there was no hope for me. I just didn't have any hope. I was like, I'm going to die early. I'm going to kill myself because I, I can't bear this. And I've got friends, I had friends, people that are really close to me that have done exactly that. And I don't want to be that person. I want to be a person, like one of the things that rock bottom gives you is gratitude for fucking everything. I'm grateful for the fairy lights of my conservatory. I'm grateful for the rain on the fucking roof of my conservatory. I'm grateful for everything. It sounds like I'm a hippie, but the when you start to feel again, you are so grateful to be able to feel that you're like, you become a hippie. You become like an, an air-sniffing, tree-hugging <laughs> gratitude machine <laughs> because you've way. been to the bottom. Yeah, you've been to the bottom of the fucking barrel. I don't do want you... people to go to the bottom of the barrel. It's horrible. Don't go there. Do, do you think uh, this is a bit of a bit of a like diving deep donator thing but those people people who are listening to the show who are i'll ask for the people who are and then the people who know the people who are around rock bottom right now who are especially with christmas or whatever and all their life's going shit blah 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 blah, or they're drinking or whatever too much do they would would you have been able to listen to somebody like yourself giving advice now or does it have to come within you, do, do you know what I mean? It, it's like, say, say if you're having a really bad time with yourself right now and you're listening to the show, mm-hmm. um, how how do you help yourself? What you know? What can somebody do now who think, right, um, this podcast, Ali has really inspired me. What what can I do? How can I how can I just start the change? Even if you don't believe that you are loved, you are loved. That you are loved. There is someone there that loves you. Fucking believe me, there is right. You need to find, get to the person that you trust and say to them, I need to talk to you and I want you to hear me. Don't help, don't talk to me. Please be, be silent for like five minutes. I'm going to say, tell you something. I don't want you to freak out. I just want you to listen. If that person loves you, they will listen. Right? I mean, if, not, not even necessarily if they love you, but if they have the ability to take instruction, not to talk, they will listen. That's what people in the phone lines are instructed to do, to listen. Once you can say this out loud, it takes the weight out of it. If you don't have someone to talk to you, write it down. Get hold of a journal and write it down. And don't be scared. Don't write it like Samuel Pepys. Write down exactly how you feel, even if it's the darkest, most awful thing you've ever read, right? It might be useful to somebody else. Your horror is somebody else's hope. So if you can write it down, you can then get on the phone to one of the crisis helplines and read it to someone. And if you can read it to someone, it takes the weight out of it and they will be able to direct you if you don't have someone in your life that will help you. But somewhere like AA or there's a really great group in Leeds called Recovery Runners, a bunch of um, addicts and recovering alcoholics who go out every Sunday and the runs are based around the idea of AA, kind of, but not. So you go oh, out and you idea. run and you chat, you just chat. And then you did 5K, 10K, the little half marathons and stuff. They're so nice. Leeds Recovery Runners, you, could, you can find them on the internet, email them, they can point you in the right direction. Groups like um, Andy's, um, oh, what's the what the Andy's one? Man, man's Club. And then there's the sh- uh, men, the Men's Shed. I think for men, it's a lot harder than women. They don't have that community of, of women. Or 
you can reach out to me on Instagram and I can help point you in the right direction. I can't take thousands of people. I doubt I'll get thousands of people. But every now and again, someone does. And every now and again, just them being able to talk to me and tell me their story and for me to be like, cool, dude. Because I'm not going to say, oh, my God, this is awful. Get to rehab. I'm going to, I'm unshockable. And I can share that weight of shared experience is why people go to AA, you know, to feel like they are held and to feel like they are looked after. And the other thing to remember, right, there is no shame in being addicted to something that is marketed at us as an addictive poison we're not supposed to get addicted to. And that's what alcohol is. There's no shame in being addicted to it. Your body's working perfectly fine. Your brain's working perfectly fine. Take that out. Because the, the, the rules around booze in, the, in, this, in our country, in England, in Wales and in Scotland are fucked. They peddle this <laughs> yeah. thing at you and they say, drink it on all occasions. Happy, sad, it will work. Don't get addicted to it. But if you do get addicted to it, it's your fault. It's not our fault. Mm. We told you to be responsible. There's no shame in addiction. Absolutely no fucking shame. And, and if you can take the weight out, that helps. There's also books. I read books by Catherine Gray, Bryony Gordon, Laura McEwan. Amazing books where you feel like you're understood. They're funny. They've got, they've got advice in them. Um, and, and I read so much. I was like a voracious reader. And I read a lot of books about mindset and a lot of books about uh, sports psychology as well because I just wanted to get any, any tools to get better. And, you know, I'm, I'm a coach now. So I wasn't a coach before. So I need these tools in my arsenal for my, my clients. Um, so hopefully that's helpful, but it's about, you know, you're, if you're suffering, if you're, if you feel like there is no hope, I absolutely fucking promise you there is. And I know you don't want to hear that. And I know you want to turn off this podcast because you don't believe me, but because I was the same, I was like, fuck you guys. You, I used to look at people on Instagram who were like, I gave up drinking two years ago. So much has happened. This is amazing. And I used to be like, ah, throw my phone on the floor. <laughs> you're talking shit. That's all I have fucking works. <laughs> but I hate to, have to tell you that is exactly how it works. And there was no way I would be publishing a book. If I was still drinking, there's no way. I would for, the, it. For, for people that are like live in the cities or you know their family or friends aren't with them, crisis lines. Who's at the end of the line, twenty four seven? Oh, who's, who's who's who are good ones? You know, you got Samaritans, top of the shop. Um, who else would yeah, you say? Mind are great. Um, Karma really really good. Um, there's so many of them. They are they are. You know, people I think there's a bit of scaremongering going on saying, oh, the, the NHS is overwhelmed. NHS is busy, but but it's there to help you. So even if you want to find the NHS cross sign, it's a real, real emergency. Um, that sort of stuff can work. But I, fo- I found that Mind were really, really good and really helpful. They're 24 hours. I think Samaritans are 24 hours. And I know that Calm, I think, are 24 hours. There's also a lot of LGBTQ plus um, lines because it's this alcoholism is endemic in, in that um, part of society as well but again mm. there's a huge shame around it so um if you just google stuff honestly google is your friend the internet's shit for a lot of reasons but choose the one that you feel the most affinity to um or go to a meeting because there are there are meetings everywhere all the time and you know i think people watch films and they think that the meetings gonna be like they are in the films they're a little bit like that but really the best thing about a meeting is no one gives a fuck who you are and you're gonna run no, into they don't. And, think... and you'll just feel like you're looked after you'll just feel like yeah. you're being looked after and I, th- I think that's that's a great point that nobody does give a fuck, you know. Um, no. that they, 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 you know, they're there to make sure that they're getting better and they're non-judgmental. And then going on the whole, you know, as you're saying, you were going into races and you were get, you know, getting shit faced afterwards, but properly going for it. Christmas mm-hmm. is a very, Christmas is a, and holidays are very easy way for alcoholics or people who have got drinking problems to hide because everybody else mm-hmm. is, is drinking. If you've, 
if you notice others, you know, drinking a little bit too much or not really being in a in a good place this time of year, you know, what have you done uh, in a sense, or what would you recommend for people to? Because it is difficult, you know, if people are have got a problem and yeah, you know, I think I think, know, I think the first thing, yeah. the first thing, right, is to uh, understand it's not the the alcohol that is the problem. There is a problem which is bringing the alcohol in. Yeah. People don't get people don't become alcoholics and addicts. They want to be them. They become yeah. alcoholics and addicts because there's something else going on that they're trying to manage. Whether that and that is usually something mental. It's usually trauma related. It's usually depression related. It's usually a lack of worth related. People don't want to be addicts. It's not. There's no shame in decide to be an addict. It's not about losing. You know, going. Oh, do you know what? This looks like fun. I'll go and do it. <laughs> so. So going to them and saying, I think you're drinking too much is not helpful. Going to them and saying, are you okay? Like, how are you feeling? Like, what's going on with you? How's your life at the moment? How are your relationships? Do not mention the alcohol. You don't need to mention it. That's, what, that's what's inflammatory. And that's what's going to really kick, the, kick, kick it up a notch. Because they don't, people don't want to be told to stop drinking. They want to stop drinking. They know that they're drinking too much. They want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to be treated like a human being. So... Don't if you are worried about someone, go to the get, get to the the cause, not not the not 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 the actual like the, the weapon they're using. Go to the bottom root of it and and really ask if they're okay. Do not judge people. Take all judgment out of it. Like it's not on you to judge, and that's not. And talking to someone's an alcoholic is not the time to fucking offer your advice. It's the time to listen. In the book, I'd say you've got two ears and one mouth. Use them to that ratio. Be kind. Be compassionate. Don't judge. Because there, but for the fucking grace of God, go you. Like, it could happen to anyone. And it does. People are walking around being alcoholic and we don't even fucking know it. Because they'll always hide it. Brilliant. And then, what... That is brilliant. I think, as you say, it's asking the question about them rather than about drinking and stuff. Mm -hmm. You're... You know, you've got um, pickle, you've got running. A lot of... I think a lot of people in the sport pour everything into the sport that is their life that is their social scene and so on and i think it's really important to have other hobbies and other interests what what are your hobbies and interests as well as you know uh coaching and running and writing a fucking brilliant book uh do we just keep come right oh um, is, is this, well. Are you really learning Welsh? Do you really learn yeah. well? Because yeah, yeah, are you? What, yeah. What, what you, what you I love Wales. It, Just huh? love Wales. I love Wales. I love it. I love Wales. Well, well I know you've been down to do. The, my, I, I've got a bit of. A, I have many bromances. Riz Jenkins. The oh my uh, god, I, love, I him. love him. I love him. Love him. He is. He is what I. You know, like whenever you pretend to be an ultra runner. Um, yeah, he's cartoon ultra runner. <laughs> I want to be Rhys Jenkins if I was ever an ultra runner, and I want to be Matt Ward if I was ever a presenter. And I've got a couple of shrines of them made out of scarecrow in my garden, but we don't need to talk about that. But oh, right, I love um, it. And then you swap them out in your bed every night. So Rhys one night, and then Matt the other night. Have a little chat, with them, <laughs> little, balloon, make little balloon heads. Yeah. If, people, <laughs> if people don't know who Rhys Jenkins is, check him out. Pegasus running. Incredible. Um, Pegasus are an incredible company. They're an incredible company. And he's a lovely... And he phones every competitor before the race. Now, I'm also a race director. And when I was told that, I thought, that's going to be a fuck... I'm going to do that. That's a great idea. 
phoned about three people. And I was like, fuck that. I know. And, and <laughs> I the, the thing about him that. is, right, he rings, people he, he rings people during races. He rings oh, people great. during races. On the world, I did the World Horse 200 and he rang me at mile 146. I was in the boulder field and I told him to go fuck himself. He's like, okay, I can see now it's not the right now it's not the right time for me to talk to you. I'll give you a call later. I'm like, yeah, don't bother. Brilliant, Brilliant. love it. Have you been? Um, so, yeah, go on. Have you go been on. to North Wales? Of course, I have. I've done Dragon's Back first two days. I've wrecked the whole thing. Have I love North Wales. I call it. Have I call been, it the Spiky been, Kingdom. Have you? The Spiky, it's have the spiky you been Kingdom. To, have you been to my neck of the woods down on the down on the coast on the same peninsula? Have you been here yet? Uh, I don't think I have, you know, but do you know what? So you don't what? love Wales? Right. You don't love Wales? What? <laughs> I do love. I'm going to do the Wales Coast Path. I'm going to take the FKT off Alan. <laughs> he doesn't know that I yet. That for a bit, and then Alan's done it, and then we're going to have to yeah. do a beard. Yeah, me and Alan are mates, because we're both alcoholics, so sometimes we phone each other off and talk about how hard our lives are. Poor us. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to take, take it off him. He's not running anymore. He's become a bodybuilder now. He's absolutely ripped, because he's injured. Oh, so, um... But you've got to grow... But, right... You have listen, listen, and I'm asking you, I'm putting you on the place now. As well as that, ultra marathons down here on the Slim Peninsula, we've got uh, She Ultra uh, next year, which is the first ever all women ultra marathon, um, for Ooh. women cancer charities. Um, I came up with the idea when I was in hospital, I'm stage four, your endocrine cancer, anyway. I know uh, it's that's, and I don't know how to deal with that. Hugh. How do I deal with that when you say that? Do I say I'm sorry? Do I say what no, do I you say? Don't. What's it, helpful? It, it, it is just like the same as somebody saying they're an alcoholic. It's something that you're you, you go through each day until you until you you don't. <laughs> you with me? Yeah. So I think I think yeah. I you know we, we we've got like you know we, we say we're a diverse world, but there isn't enough people with cancer. Um, no. just at, at these running shows or whatever. I'm not just saying it because I want to. Well, I am saying it because I want to go there. Anyway, do you want to come to the running show? I've got my own area. Oh, I, I you can come and do a little year. workshop go, if you want. Uh, no, I go every year. I've spoken on the virtual one um, because I bought a stand off them. <laughs> yeah. I'm horrendous, but I love it. I ran to the first one in 2017. Yeah, from a farm. Oh, cool. I thought that'd be a good idea. Anyway, but going back to um, we've got the She Ultra, which is the first ever ultra marathon for women. Um, yeah, and we sold out 500 places. Within it going Ooh. live, and if you want to come on the twentieth of April, you're more than welcome. But I met her through, <coughs> do you know Sophie Power? I do know Sophie Power. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, she brought she races into the world about a year ago, so all our races are very, um, you know, female and everybody focused sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, the, the she the she ultra can't wait, and there's a plan. Well, the plan is to raise. A million pounds in five years for for women charity, well, women cancer charity. So it'd be great if you. I'll definitely, I'll definitely have a look because yeah. I've got loads of workshops and stuff next year. But if I can fit it in, I would love to come. Honestly, I love the reason I'm learning Welsh is because I love Wales. I'm not Welsh, got no Welsh roots. My sister lives in Pontstarwy now, but she's not Welsh either. My niece is called Saren, and she's oh, she's kind of Welsh. Uh, her dad's Welsh. Yeah. So two, um, there's two lovely. Um, if I if if we were ever to have a daughter, uh, which we're not. But if we were, I was either going to call them Saren, which is star in Welsh, or listen to this one, Sonrisa. That Ooh, smile that? in Spanish. Oh, Jesus. I love it. Isn't that I love it. What's your favourite Welsh word, Hugh? Oh, cachy. What's that? Shit. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. I like Kishai. 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 What's that? Kishai. What's that in English? Vegetables. Vegetables. Oh, listen, if you go through the various vegetables in Welsh, moron is um, carrot. carrot. Yeah, but yeah. if you look at something like Swede or something like that, it's it's mental. What's Swede yeah, some more? of the word, your words are mental. Yeah. I know parsnip is. Was it? Parsnip is panas. Oh, leeks are kenin. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, look, I, I know we so said... I'm learning Welsh. Good. That's one of my hobbies. My other hobby is I love watching shit TV. I love shit TV. I love it. Married at First Sight, SAS Who Dares, Christ First, all of those Christ shows. First. I love all of them. Below yeah. Deck. <laughs> oh, my God, I love Below Deck. Obsessed. I love Below Deck. It's one Please. of my favourites. Oh, mate. Okay, so I'm going, to, I'm going to the Philippines next Wednesday for a three-week holiday because I haven't had one for fucking ages. Captain Jason from Below Deck Down Under lives in the Philippines. I know where he lives. I know what cafes he goes to, and I'm going. Oh, you're going to stalk him. <laughs> I, I've got oh, yeah. on him. Uh, and I mean, Captain, Captain, Captain Jason, Sandy. man, he's the best captain. You know Captain, Captain Sandy? Sandy? Yeah. Personal, well, I say personal friend. Um, I follow her on Instagram, so that makes us mates. Right. Okay. That, okay. Hugh, that's not how you make a personal friend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, why? World. Why not? That, that means I'm personal friends with Robbie William. Yeah. <laughs> personal friend of mine, he sent me a CD. Who, Robbie Williams? Well, yeah. In the post because you bought it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this. I'm not gonna go Amazing. up to Robbie. I'm not gonna go up to Robbie and say, hey Robbie, can I have some mates rates? You know, he's he's gotta make a living. So I go to his oh, yeah. shop, I pay for it. You know, his I shop. put my address in. <laughs> Personal friend. The Robbie shop. <laughs> yeah. Robbie Williams. I love see it. you both. Thank you very much. So yeah, Philippines. What made you think of the Philippines? You've been there That's before. It. No, Captain Jason, yeah. I'm going to a bit of life stalking. Ah, there's there's my there's my future ex husband on below deck. I'm gonna go to the Philippines. Yes. Um no, my uh friend Catherine, who is actually Pickle's fairy godmother, the 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 woman who found Pickle, she was uh due to get married and then he he decided to do O one two one do one. So this would would have been a honeymoon. We're going together. It's gonna be great. Um and we're just gonna have a really amazing, like, once-in-a-lifetime holiday. Like, you know, we're like, let's throw all of our money at this and just have one of those pimp holidays where it's quite cheap in the Philippines and you can do a lot of eco-tourism, which we're really into. So no electricity. What's that mean? Like, no electricity, no fuel, no nothing. Like, just go and use boats to get to islands and don't fucking leave anything behind. There's no single-use plastic in the Philippines. Um, There's no, like, their environment is everything. And there's, yeah, we have to fly to get there. But at the same time... We want to talk, we'll talk about fucking carbon footprint. I've never had children, so I'm all right. Uh, but um, but me and Catherine are going to go and have three weeks of just like you know canyoning, snorkeling, oh. going down waterfalls, laying on beaches, reading books, having no access to the internet for weeks at a time. That's apart good. from when I upload my pictures of to the gram. Um, but yeah, I'm excited because I've never, I haven't done that before. I've never, whenever I go somewhere, it's because I'm running an ultra, it's because I'm working, and it's like, so you get or on the getting, plane and you're like, oh, this is exciting, but not really because I've got work. So, or getting shit faced yeah. and you can't really enjoy every single day because you're even when I got on the plane, the minute you get to the airport, yeah. what do you do? Oh, straight to spoons, yes. straight yes. to spoons. Yeah. Um, no what's, oh yeah, when the spoons is open, it's like three in the morning and the spoons is open. Or it's nine in the morning. Let's get fucked. Like, yeah, yeah, it's traditional photograph. Yeah, mm. bloody hell. What is your favourite non-alcoholic drink? Because I don't drink... Well, I have a, a glass now and again, but because I've got cancer on the liver, 
um, it was like, oh, right, I'm not really going to fucking... Because I used to like getting shit-faced now and again. And stuff yeah, and top tip. Don't, don't do that. You've got can- <laughs> if you've got cancer on your liver, yeah. don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck it. you know what I mean? It's like hair cancer or cancer of the... I don't know, cancer of the, 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 the toe, you know. But, yeah. Yeah, liver. But and do you know what? I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, drunk the T-shirt and all that. But yeah, what's your... I like apple juice. For anybody who's listening to this now, um, there is you know, non-alcoholic drinks that don't I have like to be mocktails. You like what? Peach iced tea. Oh, that nice. sounds very, what? very... Um, that sounds oh. like very Captain Jason-y. I bet he likes it, Yeah. Yeah, just um, have a look at his Instagram. You'll find it's one of his favourite tipples. Excellent. Oh, well, he's one um, of my mates. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. I invited to an ultra. Um, <laughs> right, so I like... I have. Uh, <laughs> you said phone. no. <laughs> Can you imagine One of those boats pulling up in a North Welsh harbour or a fisherman, <laughs> like, going, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's who's mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, go on. What was your favourite non-alcoholic drink? Squash. I love squash. Uh, sometimes I have non-alcoholic beers. If I'm in a situation where I'm like, oh, this is stressful, or it reminds me of old times, like, socialising, I don't go out anymore, I'll have a non-alcoholic beer. There's lots of really good op- options at the moment, but um, my favourite, like, special drink is sparkling tea. So there's a new thing, guys. What? A new craze. Sparkling what? tea. It's incredible. It's really expensive. It's like 15 quid a bottle. Where no, is this? it's cold. So my, a couple of people sent it to me for Christmas last year. You can Ooh. get it from Fortnum and Mason, darling. But there's a company oh, called Copenhagen. Get, get the uh, from there. Yeah, you. personal friend. Both Fortnum me. is your personal friend and Mason is your personal friend, I imagine. Both of them brothers. Brothers. Like, like Reese and Scott. They're twins. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I got that wrong. Anyway, anyway yeah. <laughs> the sparkling tea, it's like, yeah. it's cold and it comes in a bottle like a, like a, sort of Prosecco bottle it's got like a cork it's really fucking expensive Copenhagen Brewing Company do it but it is absolutely delicious it's got, it's some of it's got jasmine in with a tea baguette oh, no right. no it's, it's there's something about it it's absolutely delicious it's more delicious than any any wine I ever tasted but no in the in the in the alcohol free booze sections of the world which is which is massive now no secco I find is really good it's very it's much it's nicer than Prosecco ever was and actually it feels special you know it feels like an occasion drink so sometimes I, you can I, feel like you, you're not missing out, but sometimes you feel like you are missing out. And when that happens, having an occasion drink like a no secco, it just makes you go, oh, you know, I feel like I just feel like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Because we're brainwashed. We're brainwashed by the drinking industry into thinking that if you don't drink, you're weird. Yeah. That if you I, don't I drink, there's something wrong with you. So, so it's the only that... addictive substance. Well, why, where people will ask you why you're not doing it. Not the doing... only addictive substance that they'll ask yeah. about. So if you're yeah. like. Uh, yeah, if you're yeah. like, oh, I'm not smoking, they're like, why are you not smoking? Or I'm not doing cocaine. Why are you not doing cocaine? Or I'm not <laughs> drinking coffee. Why are you not drinking coffee? People yeah. just accept it. I don't want mayonnaise on my burger. Or why don't you want mayonnaise on your burger? Have a bit of mayonnaise. Go on, it won't hurt. Just a little bit of mayonnaise. It With alcohol, it's the only thing that is pushed to us by other people. It's fucking mental when you think about it. It is. Really mad. And, you know, with the, like... I. I've never had like a non-alcoholic. Well, I've I've tried the non-alcoholic beers in a pub, but then mm. I've thought, oh, I've got a taste for this now, and then I've gone and had a pint. How does that work with if you are? I'm going to say the word wrong. On your sober, oh, I can't talk. Sober, yeah. it's a... sober. just you sober. 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 Um, sober. Yeah, it doesn't. 
Uh, at all. I will, alcohol to me is the is the problem. The alcohol is the problem. It's not the taste. Nobody nobody likes the taste of beer, Hugh. People like the taste of alcohol. That's what they like, and they like the effect of alcohol. Your brain is tricking you. So to be able to go, that's an old story. That's an, and, and to be able to understand that your how your thoughts working, how addiction works, that's how you can switch it off. So I know that I don't like the taste of beer. Nobody fucking does. We think we like the taste of beer because we like the effect of alcohol. It's like smoking. I really enjoy the taste of a cigarette. No, you don't. It's absolutely disgusting. But you <laughs> brainwash yourself into thinking that you do. Like, no one likes the taste of vodka. No one. No one likes the taste of gin. But we've brainwashed ourselves into thinking we do. So these non-alcoholic drinks don't actually taste like that. They give you the idea. They give your brain the hit of, oh, oh look, I'm having a drink. So it makes you feel less like you're being left out. That's how it works. It, I don't think it, it... For some people, they don't touch it because they're scared of going off on, on that tangent. Alan won't. He won't touch anything that has anything to do with beer or even energy drinks because he's scared that he'll end up, like fucking going mad and like drinking 700 tensings but mm. but for me it doesn't it doesn't work like that and and it doesn't make me any worse an alcoholic or less worse than alcoholic all alcoholics are different we all function differently but i don't sit at home drinking 26 cans of erdinger alcohol free i only have it <laughs> if i'm like oh my god i really feel like i need something to take the edge off yeah. i yeah. have one beer i'm like that tastes like dog shit i'll have a uh orange juice and lemonade so my pub drink is orange juice and lemonade like nothing fresh orange better. juice, lemonade. Mm. Oh my god, nothing better. On an ultra, it is drink of the gods. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> Stacks of ice. Stacks of ice. Oh it? yeah. Really cold on a really like a July oh. day. And then about. and then be, be, before we wrap up for the day, and we will be wrapping up today because it's cold. Oh my god, what's the matter with me? Um what races and adventures have you got penciled in for two thousand? <gasps> You're gonna love this. I'm going back to the Arc of Attrition in January because I love the Arc of Attrition. It's one of my favorites. Brilliant, um, brilliant event. Finish, so good. Finished it last year. Going back to get my gold buckle this year. We're going to soft oh, 30 yeah. it. Um, then in May, UTS. So I'm doing the 100K at uh, oh, yeah. UTS. Yeah, which I was like, I'm oh, take now. Photos. Oh, beautiful. Because I, I don't want to do any UTMB races. I'm not a fan, but I love that part of the world. And that's Dragon's Back training. So I'm still, I'm going to go back and finish Dragon's Back. I don't know when, but I was spending a lot of time in the Spiky Kingdom to get really good at it or to get as good at it as it takes to not fucking miss the cut off. So UTS in May. May. And then I'm going to do Lakeland 100 in July. And then I'm doing yeah. Spine Challenger, whatever it is, in June, whichever the so 108 right. mile job is. Yep. Then I'm going to go, might go and do Dragon's Back, but it depends. It all depends on uh, a couple of things. And then I'm in for the Western States ballot. So I've got this like horrible feeling because when I enter a ballot, I usually get in the first time. And yep. this year would be really a real problem for me because of the book promo and all that stuff. Like I'm going to be really busy. So I just know that I'm going to get in the ballot. For <laughs> when, just when's know Western I am. States? Is that September? No, it's before. Uh, no, I think it's like it's June, isn't it? June, or May. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't even know, but I just have this horrible feeling that because it will be such a problem for me to get over there, I will get in the ballot. It just will happen. <laughs> Sun's law, isn't it? It'll be Sun's law. Uh, and yeah. do you do you, do you plan your races with with thought? As in, you know, whenever we first um, you know become an ultra, I'll sign up for that, 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 and it goes ridiculous. Um, do you now make sure that you've got enough time to rest, repair, repair? 100%. One of the things that I learned through my recovery is rest is the most important thing that you can do as, a, as an ultra runner, as an endurance runner. 
And um, I used to hand myself, there was a year I did over 50 ultras in a year because it was part of the self-fucking-harm, wasn't it? Yeah. I was an absolute monster. And I could do it because there was I have felt no pain, so I could fucking do it. And I was mm. like, I'm trying to prove I'm okay. I'm trying to prove. You can't be an alcoholic and do this for the ultras. Spoiler, you can. And um, yeah. uh, I was quite successful at it. And uh, so nowadays I'm like, right, that's enough. That's enough. There'll be training in between. There'll be workshops in between. There'll be fun times in between. Because at the end of the day, ultra running is your leisure time. It's your hobby. It shouldn't be something that damages you and it's not your job. And it shouldn't be something that you that, that you define your worth by. It should be something where you go out, you feel grateful, you're alive, you're outside, you're having an incredible time, seeing some beautiful stuff. That's why Pegasus is so great. Their routes, that wild horse route is incredible. You're crossing a country, you're seeing piece, bits of the country that you're never going to see unless you run up there, you know? The top of like yeah. Torrey Fell, you're not going to fucking see the top of Torrey Fell because you can't drive up there. You have to get up there on your feet. So... Mm. That's it. It's about gratitude and about enjoying it and it about it enriching your life rather than like fucking your life up um, or and making you sad or pressurizing yeah. you. Yeah, it should yeah. be about joy. It should be about freedom and it should be about like that childlike sense of adventure. It shouldn't be about pressure and stuff. You know, the amount of us are ever going to be elites or win a race. Come on, let's fucking be honest. Let's let's go and actually do what 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 stay, stay in our lane and do the thing where it's like, let's just have a really good time. Don't put pressure on yourself with it. Don't I've got a few it. personal friends that are elite runners. If anybody wants, have to. you? Yeah, personal friends. Have you? <laughs> oh, you know, is um... Usain Bolt doing a Penny Lynn Ultra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is <laughs> coming on uh, that guy from Under Below Deck. I suppose. Then he's in the house. Is deck. he? Yeah, but we've, cool. we've got a, we've got a pop up shop with Robbie. Listen. Okay, listen, right, listen. I'm watching. Cool. I'm watching at the moment. Made a, um, Welcome to Wrexham. Have you watched Welcome to Wrexham on Disney? No. It's Ryan, can, can, Ryan Reynolds. And Rob Aquadre. Oh yes, their journey to the football. Yeah, I yeah. love, I love Ryan Reynolds. I love him. However, oh, I don't understand football for shit. You don't so me neither. I, but you don't I need to. to watch it's not it, about football. It's it is. It's not about no, it's about Wrexham. It's about the wonderful people of Wrexham. It's not even about Ryan Reynolds. It's about Wrexham. It's about what an incredible community they built there, right? Anyway, yeah. I think you should do a below deck here. I think you should, you should pitch this to like. Um, Kumbarag TV or whatever, and be like, yeah. get Lowry, get Lowry Morgan to present below yeah. deck, where you basically get a boat, like a fishing boat, and you yeah. try and start cruises on it. It'll be brilliant. Yeah. It'll be like a sort of can we mock, upgrade mockumentary. From a, can we upgrade from a fishing boat to a yacht somewhere hot, please? I don't think that's no, because it won't be funny. It needs to be in Wales, and it needs to be <sighs> yeah. quite funny. So like an old yeah. ferry or something. Yeah, I can I do where people just problem. sleep on the floor, like an endurance. <gasps> just me and you in a canoe. It could be an endurance cruise. You have to yeah. endure the water and the cold of sleeping on the floor. And Hugh. Fighting your own food. And Hugh. <laughs> be it Captain I'm, Hugh. I'm going to do it. Hugh. I'm going to do it. I'm going to speak. As soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to speak with so many of my personal friends who are in the industry. Do it. <laughs> do it. I'll, ex- I'll, exec- I'll exec produce it and we'll get Ryan Reynolds on board because he loves yep. Welsh people. Yeah. yeah. All right. He's brilliant. I forgot really? what I was going to say. So we've done that. Done. All right. So if people are thinking, hey, this book that I'm talking about, when's it out? And I, I threw that question at you earlier on in the week because um, I, I'm a good per- Back in the day, I used to buy loads of books. And I thought that was the end of the journey. <laughs> so I go, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy that book. So I used to buy a book. And then I used to just, that was it. So I now listen to stuff on Audible. Are you going to on Audible, please? Oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing it on Monday. Me and Pickle are going in the studio on Monday. Yes! Myself. Yes! Yeah. Love it. Yeah. 
this it's is be brilliant horrible for and me. Hard. Oh no, it's it's br- yes, I can listen to it. In my uh, Ola Dance headphones. But yes. please support your publishers and go and buy yourself a nice book. You can go to the Vertebrate Publishing website and pre-order mine now. Oh yeah, I know. I mean for everybody else. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I buy book. real books. It's you that likes to listen. Thank yeah. you. And yeah. also, you can't you can't sign an audible. I love you? a real book. Mm, can't oh, sign yeah, an no, audible. You know, I'll obviously buy the books to give as presents. Um, but um, for me, that's fun, isn't it? Here, have yeah. a book about a depressed alcoholic. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Giving it out in a pub. <laughs> yeah, we should you put know. it on every table and every Weatherspoons <laughs> across the land. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but no, I'll give it to presents, as in, like, to people I know, as not people I, uh, like... Not random people that you think have got a drinking problem. <laughs> no, 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 not random people who I think that are my friends. That's what you do. When you, th- when you think your friend's got a problematic relationship with alcohol, you go, hello, I bought you a present. You give a massive pile of quit-lit books. Oh, that's what you do. That's really, oh, that's really helpful. Geez. Please don't, please don't do that. Do that people don't no. do that. Don't do it. Leaflets, um, leaflets. The only thing they're good for is menus. What leaflets? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But nowadays, you don't need a leaflet. You need one leaflet with a QR code, so people, or you can just take a photo of it on your phone, and you've got a virtual leaflet. This is me being. I'm just put my green, my green runners hat on. Green runners, I like. Oh, green runners. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Because you're a green runner as well, aren't you? I am a green runner as well. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying my best to, to not to not be an absolute arsehole to the environment, even though I am a sponsored athlete with innovate. But there you go. Um, part how of it both you, ways, can you? <laughs> uh, just before we leave, how can we be a, a a better greener runner? It's about you. It's about you as a person, listener, making a little change. And whether that's lift show, the biggest problem is cars and shoes. So shoes, we can't recycle shoes. The shoes that every shoe that's ever been made is still on the planet. Get hold of Damien Hall's book. We can't run away from this. Really fucking good book. Really good man. Go for Great a run art. with him on Friday, actually. Name dropping. We go for a little spine run together with the dog. Um, and uh, yeah, to so get hold of that book, shoes, wear your shoes to death. Look up pair ups on Instagram, pair ups. And there's a guy called Darren who works with Green Runners. He sends out kits to repair your shoes. And they're really great. So you can keep your shoes going for a longer period of time because usually it's the upper that goes, not the lower. Well, how much do and these kits cost? I think That's they're free, actually. I think it gives them out free. They'll be at the running show as well. But they're really good kits. I've got loads of shoes downstairs that I've fixed um, that have had, had little holes in and now they look amazing. They look cool because they've got patches on them. Yeah. So your shoes and also lift sharing. So when you go and do a race, go onto the Facebook page, find a, say to somebody, can we share the car? Because it's that, it's, it's the constant manoeuvring of cars that as runners that, is the biggest problem for us. Single-use plastics, you know, always take your own cup, watch what you're eating, lower your meat a little bit, lower your dairy a little bit. You don't have to be a vegan, but it's just tiny changes that you make want yourself as a person that will really, really help. And you don't have to become like a, a protester. You don't have to become member of Extinction Rebellion. And you don't have to try and take on the weight of the world. You just have to do a little bit, basically, just a tiny little bit. Join Green Runners. It's like £2.50 a year. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm saying I'm gonna do, do that, it. but yeah, I've, I've got so many different apparel um, shops open on my internet as we speak, which I'm closing down because I feel guilty that I don't need those. The most, the most sustainable kit that you can buy is the kit you've already got, and you've already got a lot of kit. You know you're. So I've with got, my I've, kit, yeah. I get given shit by Innovate. And all of the kit that I go, okay, I don't want that anymore, goes to my niece or my sister. 
and they're thrilled because they never have to buy any kit. <laughs> they're loving yeah. it. Brilliant. Um, yeah, and it's like I, you never, you can't, you just never throw it. I don't buy, ever buy any kit ever because I get either given it or I've got stuff that I really look after. You should, if you look after your kit, it lasts forever. Can I ask a quick question? Because everybody will be asking that. How do people who think, oh, I'd like, because everybody does. How do people who run a bit or have run or are doing stuff become a sponsored runner if they're not um, like a professional athlete? You know, you, how, they, come, they come to you. Is that how easy they it is? They come to you. Yeah, because the thing is, right, like they came to me. I did a, I did a sh- uh, video with the Running Channel reviewing their shoes. So I went Running and did, Channel ran, is for, such a good show. Well, I, I ran ages ago. I ran like 40 miles in a pair of their shoes straight out of the box. And it yeah. was a really good video. And everybody liked it a lot because it was quite funny, apparently. They saw it and they were like, they've taken a chance on me. I'm not a winner. I'm not, I'm not Sarah Perry. I'm not Damien Hall. I'm not Nikki Spinks. I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm like very, very average. But they took a chance, and I think they were like, she's the average person that people can identify with maybe a little bit more. But with the smoking on the cover of the book in their fucking kit, with like the sweat, with like me talking about being an alky, wandering around in their fucking kit, wearing their shoes, they still support me. They're the only company that have not tried to change me. They're the only company that have never said, you know, go and try and win stuff. Don't say that. Be a little bit less suicidy on Instagram. Yeah. Be a bit more of this way. They are genuinely the best company I've ever worked with. And they take me as I am and they love me. And that is but, admirable for a big company. It really is. And it's unheard of. Like usually is, Salomon yeah. will make people try and win stuff. You know, mm. Montaigne want you to be a certain person. But Innovate don't. They, they love me for who I am. And I think that that speaks volumes about that company. And it helps that sort of like demographic, you know, people can yeah. relate to it, can't they? Because, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, right, you know, so, so that's that's brilliant. Any other sponsors or partners that you want us to mention as um as we wrap up? Or have we done we've done innovate, we've done that's, the green runners. Innovate, so we've green done runners. the book. We've done the book. That's kind of it. I don't want to pimp it out too much more because I sound like an absolute running pimp. Maybe oh, I'll be a running pimp. pimp. I like it. Pimp the run. Pimp, pimp it. Yeah. Pimp, pimp my Listen, run. Ali, we're gonna let you go. Thanks ever so much have a lovely yeah. christmas you've been really yeah. honest and I, I think it's going to help a lot of people that are listening to the show um, well i'll yeah. see you bozos at the running show and then i'll and i'll see you when i come next come to spike oh Woo-hoo. keta yeah i'm hoyle ta i've no bye. idea bye bye, bye. Good, he bye. said goodbye bye, bye. brilliant bye, bye. The Get Up and Run podcast was brought to you today by the lovely people at Oladance. Oladance, O-W-S, headphones. If you're seeking a superior sound quality and comfort while staying aware during your outdoor owns, look no further, ladies and gentlemen, than the Oladance O-W-S headphones. They're brilliant. Um, they've also got a Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales running from November the 17th to the 30th. All the dance is offering us to this an incredible up to 25% off the OWS series headphones. I'll just give you a quick little bit of information about them. The OWS Pro, right? This is a cutting edge 2023 model. It brings both style and adaptability. Style, they actually just hang on your ear. They've got like a five point balance system 
I wear glasses. I wear a trucker's hat. And that, that doesn't get in the way, right? So that's what that means. Perfect for both outdoor workouts, running up hills, and the daily office grind, as in stood next to the fax with your headphones in, listening to a little bit of a power ballad by Celine Dion whilst you're waiting for the Christmas party. <laughs> Listen, the OWS2 offers the best bang for your buck. And it's got... A, a, you know when people say extended battery life, you go, how much is that? About four hours. This is this goes into like 19 hours, which, if you play your cards right, is a good bit of an ultra marathon. You know, we've got ultras that go into a couple of days. If you need to be playing some some seriously empowering music, well, this is one for you. Um, and then you've got the OS one. is also a good and great go-to choice. So why wait, ladies and gentlemen? Click on the link in the show notes and snag your Holodance OWS headphones and elevate your music experience to those mountain hills you'll be running across. Uh, if you're in the Facebook group, I've put a bit of a review in, which is pretty groovy. But yeah, they're great. Get up. Come on. Come on. You've got to get up. Come on. Uh,